water wells and all that goes with them, look for 307 Wildcat Well Service on Facebook. And you, too, will have cool, clean water. Water. Save the date and saddle up for Chris Ledoux Day, Saturday, June 18th in KC, Wyoming. The rodeo starts at 2 p.m. with exciting saddle bronc and bareback riding competitions leading up to the street dance and party with Kellen Smith, Ned Ledoux, and Corb Lund in the Hurt and Albertans. Admission is $25 for both the rodeo and the dance and proceeds benefit college and high school rodeo scholarships and the Make-A-Wish program. Chris Ledoux Day, Saturday, June 18th in KC, Wyoming. Sponsored in part by Sheridan Media. Remember when your mom used to say, eat your cranberries or you'll get a bladder infection? Well, if you ignored her and now you're in trouble, well, you need the health-giving stuff you can only get at the health nut. Aisle after aisle of supplements, vitamins and minerals, an all-natural soup, salad, and smoothie bar, as well as a healthy grocery store and gift shop. So get good with the world. Be happy. Get healthy. And that all starts at the health nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall. Grilling gifts are on sale now through June 20th at Ace Hardware and Connect Home Center. Check this week's Country Bounty for all things grilling and then some. See their wide selection of grills and even save up to $150 on select Traeger grills. Get a $10 Ace gift card free when you buy a $50 Ace gift card. Additional sale items include tools, lawn and garden, and even camping accessories. Check it out. The Ace Hardware Connect Home Center Flyer in this week's Country Bounty. As a business owner, you're always looking for ways to increase your market share. Do you have a marketing plan in place or want to revamp your current plan? Let us help. Hi, this is Bob Grammons, General Manager of Shared Media. What if I told you that you could market your business on nine different radio stations? Partner with our print publication, The Country Bounty, which is directly mailed to nearly 18,000 households in Sheridan and Johnson County. Or market your business worldwide through a variety of our digital products, as well as our websites, sharedmedia.com and sharedonwyoming.com. Let our creative and well-seasoned marketing professionals put together a well-thought-out and professional, comprehensive marketing plan to connect with your customers on multiple media platforms. No high pressure. Let's tell your story. Call Sheridan Media today. 672-7421 or email sales at sharedamedia.com and let us go to work for you. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program brought to you by Eliason Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Aaron Palmer. Good morning, Public Pulse on 930 AM, 103.9 FM, KROE. Aaron Palmer filling in for Floyd Whiting this week. Today we have uh, the Sher- we have Sheridan, City of Sheridan, and joining me is City Administrator Stu McRae. Good morning. Good morning. And we were going to have another guest, but uh, that kind of fell through, so it's just going to be you and I today. Yep, yep. And you feel up to it. Yeah, Steve Brantz was going to join us, uh, but uh, he was a little bit under the weather. Nothing serious, but uh, just didn't want to spread germs. So did, I appreciate did, did the that. safe course, yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Okay, well, let's get started. we got a bunch of stuff to cover today. It's a full hour show. So uh, tower truck dedication is the first thing I have here, and I am clueless. What is this? So we're very excited about this. As as a lot of people know, we were able to last year 
obtain a uh, a new fire truck that that uh-huh. uh, platform truck that that takes the place of our ladder truck. Right now we've got a ladder truck that extends to about 75 feet. We won't we're not going to get rid of that. Uh, we've got plans for that in the future. But we we got a platform truck that will extend our reach to 100 foot and is a platform instead of a ladder. So it's going to better suit. Uh, like the high rises near the hub and stuff for our elderly folks. Uh, uh, if we ever had a fire there, it would be much more suitable for that and ha- also have a standoff for that. So we finally got it all equipped. And uh, on June 27th, we're going to, at, at 5.15 p.m., uh, everybody's invited. Uh, we're going to have a formal push-in ceremony. Um, and pro- that, this is, I kind of read a little bit about this. This is interesting. So, this is a tradition, I guess. Yeah, it goes way back to the uh, you know late 1800s at least uh, when they would have when they would get a new uh, you know uh, fire wagon or whatever that they would push it in the the firemen would push it in as a formality to accept it into service and stuff and so this has been something that every time that our fire department gets a new apparatus they have some sort of a ceremony commemorating it into service and and uh, this is a good thing uh, it's going to be a nice little event. Um, and it just recognizes that this new piece of equipment, the new capability that Sheridan has. So it's going to be on the 27th. It's a Monday night uh, at 5.15. And then, uh, of course, uh, everyone can go from there over to uh, the chambers hosting uh, one of their uh, uh, elected official forums uh, over at the Wild Theater. So. So make an evening of it. So yeah, yeah, make an evening of it. How and this these trucks are huge. So I mean, how many people does it take to shove this thing back into? Well, the fire? okay. So I mean, <laughs> it's not a wagon, so you can't right. really do it manually. They'll probably they'll probably be you know a little bit of engine work backing it in and <laughs> and you people know, but just helping but it along. But it's all about the photo. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. So it's just uh, upholding the tradition. So it's to a, speak. It, it's really about the tradition and and just you know commemorating the uh, the uh, putting it into work. Very good. Okay. Um, next up, we have a safer grant. Uh, tell me, this is also involving the fire department. Yeah, what this, is, is this? this is a great thing. You know, um, what we've recognized as Sheridan continues to expand north and south, um, there is a great need for us to be able to, uh, at some point, we need to, sooner than later, build a second station uh, for our fire department. It's going to do a number of things. One, it's going to give us backup capability uh, for fires and so forth. Um, right now, we are so minimal when we go to a fire. If we ever had a really large fire, we really would be stretched on our capability to effectively fire, uh, uh, you know, combat that fire. And so this is going to give us some added capability. And when we talked about the you know, replacement of the ladder truck, that's where that ladder truck will end up going, will be in the second station. The plan that we have is really to um, equip uh, a a training facility as well, so that regionally we can host training events for other fire departments in our in our you know Goose Valley Fire Department, Volunteer Department, and and Ranchester and and Dayton departments and so forth, so that and others outside the area, so that everyone can participate and have good training events. So we we all benefit from that, and so we want to build that. So part of what we are going after is, uh, is you know, we've got to grow our personnel for that. So we've got a SAFER grant, which uh, uh, we put in for, we'll find out about this fall, to request uh, three new hires. And over the next seven years, we expect as many as 
uh, I want to say, um, well, about five to seven retirements because people are just getting to that point where they, you know, it's time to retire. And so we add on to that plus the people that we're going to be hiring. There's going to be lots of opportunities for job positions uh, because we're going to request this grant for the next four years, this year and three more, uh, in order to man this second station. Um, and so in the end, we'll have enough uh, for uh, two four-man crews um, that will be Four able tenants. to uh, support fire uh, operations from two different stations. What that's also going to do for people who are locating to the north of us, uh, you know, there's a point uh, on the map where um, you're outside a five-mile driving distance from the fire department, which is key. That uh, there's uh, insurance people understand this. They have, have this thing called an ISO rating uh, that uh, that determines what your rates are, or even if you can get uh, fire insurance um, for your facility. And so, outside that window um, in the municipality, you you really are degraded. And so, we're trying to anticipate that and build a station that will extend that capability, if you will, kind of have two kind of semi interlocking circles that that will extend our capability. Okay. And have we looked at a, a site for this in North Sheridan at this point, or is it still kind of up in the air? It's still, we're still researching oper- uh, options. We've got a number of options available to us, and we haven't narrowed it down to to any one in particular. But, uh, but we're going to be looking for future grants as well in order to build a site. Okay. So that's on the way. Gotcha. Right. One of the things you mentioned earlier was the training facility. And if if I'm not mistaken, my dad was a volunteer in Buffalo for years, and when he had training, he had to go to Cody. Is that still the uh, the norm now, where the training center for fire is in Cody? Or well, I mean, they're all over the state. Um, okay, I, now uh, Casper's got one. I'd be stretching my memory to say if Gillette has one or not. Um, but the fact is, is that you know training opportunities come at different times too, and sure. firefighters are on different schedules and. And so if you have one located here, you know, as far north as Billings could even take part in that um, if they if they were so inclined. Uh, but certainly regional ones could come in here and, uh, you know, it, it'll benefit the community in as far as, you know, using up uh, hotel rooms and so forth as well. So that, you know, that there's there's uh, economic development uh, opportunities for the community when when with with a position like this or a facility like this. Okay, so it will get used when it's built for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. And it wouldn't just be for honestly, it wouldn't just be for fire department training. It would also be uh we we would intend for it to be police training as well. So that you know, it's a multi-use facility. It's classrooms or classrooms and uh and offer the opportunity for uh uh, you know, law enforcement people from around the uh, the county and the region to be able to participate in something like that as well. So we don't want it to make it, uh, you know, a singular type facility if we can use it for more than just that. Very good. So that'll be coming in the next four years-ish. That's our intention. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Grant program and then city funding for that. All right. Let's move on. East 5th Street Project. And this appears to be a pretty big one. Yep. Yep. It's a, well, it's, it's, you know, it's an extension of regular um, upgrades to the city. Uh, you know, I was just recently down in Denver and not to disparage Denver, but, you know, being outside, I was, I, in fact, I traveled across the country. I was, I was down picking up my grandchildren. Uh, and then we met my wife down in Denver for a few days and there's nothing like being out of town for, a, for a little while to make you appreciate being home in Sheridan. 
Um, but, you know, just as in everything, you know, we've got a great community and we're continuing to develop it and build it up. So East 5th Street Project is just a, a com- is a addition to that. It kind of started with the uh, with the light there at 5th and Sheridan. Uh, that was a YDOT project, uh, and we've got great partners in YDOT. Um, I tell you, I can never say enough good things about our partners that we have here in the city. They're all over the place, and we work very well together. But YDOT is doing this, and then YDOT with the city, primarily YDOT, is doing this 5th Street corridor. And then um, we have accepted responsibility now from the interstate up to Blacktooth Park, uh, uh, responsibility for maintaining 5th Street now. If the city has accepted that. It used to be YDOT was responsible for that. So y- this is kind of YDOT's last hurrah on on 5th Street. And so they're putting in uh, enhancements, curb and gutter, uh, some landscaping, nice lighting, uh, similar type lighting to what we have on Main Street, that historical type lights versus what they call Cobra Heads that are kind of those, you know, those uh, curved uh, ones with the lights going down that looks more industrial. <laughs> These ones are going to look nicer. This is our entryway. This is our historical entryway. And you really want to have a sense of awe when you come in that 5th Street. And so we're trying to create that. We had some, uh, because of costs of increases and so forth, we had some uh, increases in, in costs such that our original plan was to take this in, in this shot, do it all the way up to the interstate. Right now we're going to do it in three phases. Uh, this first phase is from Crook Street up to uh, Lincoln Drive. Uh, so it's about a, we'll say maybe half of the, of the way. And, uh, and, and that is going to be new sidewalks, uh, cutouts, kind of like what you see on, on other streets here where we've done upgrades um, like Lauks and so forth. And then be uh, they'll only replace trees if they're going to be interfering with the project itself. And then they'll put in, um, I talked to our public works director, Hans Mercer, and they'll be like six foot, two inch trees. Uh, so they're not going to be saplings, but we'll put in, we'll put in decent sized trees that will grow faster and uh, be able to replace those trees uh, and have a nice uh, assortment of trees. We have, uh, we have, uh, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, but we've got over 4,700 trees of over 100 different types in the city, and we've got an arborist uh, uh, that that maintains all these, and uh, and so we'll put in some nice trees. It's going to be a nice area, uh, and and you know, and start really gentrifying that that uh, entry level, really making making a uh, a nice statement to people who come to visit Sheridan. Very good, very good. That whole area, I mean, it's it's. Okay, the way it is. I mean, it's not terrible. It's not right. like Tobacco Road by any right. means. But yeah, beautification project. And and as you said, this is the traditional entryway to Sheridan. So people come off the interstate. That's their first uh, view or their first whatever of Sheridan. So beautifying that, I think, would be right good for the city. Yeah, yeah. The phase two of that will be will be uh doing the uh, railroad crossing itself upgrading that one and and you know kind of nicing that up a little bit and then the third phase uh when we get the funding and everything ready for that we'll be taking the rest of what we've done between crook and and lincoln all the way up to the interstate so that'll be a really nice uh, entryway all the way very good um i had a quick question once you once you mentioned the railway there um w- Question, has it ever been looked at? Because 
in in different cities around the country, they've you know over the years, over the last fifty years, they have taken these railroad crossings and either dug under them and put you know the the highway or the or the road underneath there and had the overpass for the for the train. Has that ever been considered for Sheridan in that area right there at Fifth Street? Well, I'm certain that you know options are always considered as to when they go through the planning process. Sure. Uh, that one has not been one that I don't think has received serious consideration because it's very expensive to right, do that. Right. I remember that there was there was consideration a long time ago for the railroad to to move outside of Sheridan and mm-hmm. and move around Sheridan. Um and so that's probably precluded that from being considered. You know, there's always possibility that based on how things go that that you know, new options could be considered, but it's I don't think it's one right now. Well. I didn't think so. And I, I would imagine that the cost is probably the, the main restriction to that. Yeah. But just curious, because every once in a while, we all know this, we get stuck there and the train's going through, but it seems to be less frequent now than it was, say, 10 years ago. Right. But, uh, yeah, I was just curious, because uh, uh, the town I grew up in had had that happen while I was younger. One of the things, and we don't have it on the agenda for today, um, we never get through all the stuff on the agenda anyway, but... Uh, <laughs> One of the things that uh, that uh, that we are doing, and I think Hans Mercer talked about it with the mayor uh, uh, about a month ago, is that we're trying to put in a an acoustic-based system that is going to anticipate when trains are going to be crossing there, so people can avoid it uh, easier instead of being caught there. You know, right now it's catch. You know, you you, you get caught or you don't get caught. Right. You know, and half the time it's it's like, oh crap. You know, I just got. So, you know, this will be able to... And if you've got people behind you that aren't paying Yeah, there's no way to back out. Yeah, there, so, right? so, you know, that's what people are going to try to, uh, you know, we're going to try to set up a system. It's a pretty pretty effective system, but it's going to take a little bit of learning curve on the thing because it's a, it's, a, it's a system that learns uh, and will anticipate trains a little bit better. That will at least uh, make a concerted effort to improve that situation. That's right. good news. Okay. Right. We're going to take a quick break. Joining me this morning is City Administrator for the City of Sheridan, Stu McRae. Well, we're talking about all things city, so we'll come back and have more right after this. Jacobson, partner at Eliason Financial. I think we can all agree that living and working in Sheridan, Wyoming is an absolute privilege. At Eliason Financial, we support our community through volunteerism, philanthropy, and making a positive economic impact. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. On this week's episode of the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast, it's maybe a little bit more serious. We talk a little bit about the difference between managing a baseball team and other sports teams. We talk about Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson moving over to Live Golf, which gets us into a conversation about morals mixed with money and sports. Those topics and more all on the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts or on sharetomedia.com and podcastwyoming.com. The Sheridan VA Healthcare System is recruiting for motivated nursing assistants to join their team. 
Come serve your nation's veterans. They offer competitive pay and benefits, shift differentials, and a child care subsidy. They're also currently offering a $5,000 sign-on incentive for full-time nursing assistants who join. Questions or interested in applying? Contact the VA nurse recruiter at Sheridan Nursing Jobs at va.gov or by phone at 675-3262. They also have openings for RNs, LPNs, and new graduates. Reach out to their nurse recruiter at Sheridan Nursing Jobs at va.gov or by calling 675-3262 and come join their team. Grilling gifts are on sale now through June 20th at Ace Hardware and Connect Home Center. Check this week's Country Bounty for all things grilling and then some. See their wide selection of grills and even save up to $150 on select Traeger grills. Get a $10 Ace gift card free when you buy a $50 Ace gift card. Additional sale items include tools, lawn and garden, and even camping accessories. Check it out. The Ace Hardware Connect Home Center flyer in this week's Country Bounty. Opening a new business can be stressful. Cloud Peak Accounting will get you over the hurdles of establishing and launching your new business. Like setting up your bookkeeping and payroll systems, registering with all government agencies, tax planning and compliance, and all the other details you haven't even thought of yet. Whether you've been in business for years or are contemplating the launch of a new business, contact Cloud Peak Accounting for a consultation. Visit cloudpeakcpa.com. Public Pulse on 930 AM, 103.9 FM, KROE. Aaron Palmer filling in for Floyd Whiting. I almost forgot his name. Jeez. <laughs> and we're talking with the city of Sheridan this morning as city administrator Stu McRae. We talked a little bit about the fire department, things going on there, and the 5th Street, East 5th Street project, which is kind of a beautification enhancement project that will be coming up. And then next we need to get on the community development block grant because we wanted to make sure we touched on that. So, yeah, I, pr- I, I promised uh, one of our council members that I would talk with this about that because uh, she's had a number of questions on this. And so okay. um, we had we had submitted for it. You know, uh, we had an opportunity last summer. Uh, the people from uh, the Wyoming Community Development Authority out of Casper uh, came up and saw us on a, on a statewide tour and told us that they thought they had around $20 million worth of uh, federal money that they needed to get rid of, and nobody was applying for this thing. So, so you know, we didn't know anything about it. So we put in, we put in 13 grant applications and, uh, and towards several things. Um, honestly, they, uh, I, I don't know what happened with them. Uh, around January, they were supposed to make the decision, and then they went, went silent for about six months. <laughs> and uh, and just didn't didn't communicate with us at all, and uh, we followed all of the stuff. But when we came to it, we we found out uh, two weeks ago, I think, that they were that they were having the meeting finally uh, to to do it, and uh, and we out of you know rarely do we put in grants and and not are and aren't successful. We weren't successful in any of these ones. We got feedback. And uh, and there was a lot of things that we didn't know. In fact, there was 53 applications that were submitted for uh, two different types of money. They had they had COVID type money, CARES Act money, and then a, a, to a much lesser degree, instead of 20 million dollars, they had 2.8 million dollars. Um, uh, but uh, 
Ranchester had two applications. Dayton had three. We had 13. Um, in the end, they only uh, they only did three applications from the uh, from the first category that we had 10 of those in, and then uh, a further two from the uh, from the other one, or, or three from the other one. And so, total of seven grants uh, in the two categories from 53 total. And uh, and we all got uh, feedback. These, the, we turned out we didn't know that these were HUD grants, and and HUD requires a certain threshold of uh, of low to moderate income rating. You know, it's the old thing of know the rules, win the game. And right. so um, so we're learning from that. And uh, they're going to have a second round. Uh, they they gave, they only did like I said, they only did seven grants. Um, uh, it was a much lower amount of money that they than what they had previously. So we'll review our request and determine if we can make a better case for any of them. And, uh, um, you know, a number of things that we had that we were going to um, put in for these things included things like a number of parks. Uh, we were going to do a project for to help out with attainable housing. That second fire station, we were, we were looking for a $500,000 uh, boost, uh, you know, shot in the arm to uh, help us start that project, maybe buy some land for it. Um, you know, and various other community assistance programs like helping, you know, sidewalk rebuilds where the owners don't have, uh, you know, the income to be able to do that themselves and so forth. So, um, you know, we thought we had we thought we had that one figured out, but uh, but we didn't. And so we will go back to the drawing board and, and retool and learn from it and and uh, and go back with uh, more stuff. So so when when do you guys apply for this? next round or have they, they uh they up? haven't they haven't stated when that next round's going to be uh but we will go back and and uh and you know put together uh we'll do a review of what projects need to be prioritized because obviously the uh there will be uh others that need that money and it's a lot less money so we'll have to we'll probably get maybe maybe we'll get one out of it we'll we'll put try to put together a couple uh one for each maybe uh of the best of breed well as they say, you know, free money, free money, free money. So even if you get one, you apply for six, get one. That's not a loss. No, no, it's, it's a it's right. a big gain. So yeah, right, one. yeah. And we are very good at getting grants and and things like that. Um, we we have in fact uh, we have uh, done a contract to uh, outside to have somebody who's reviewing available grants for us to go after, uh, and and we're finding some other grants through that, and we hope to uh, be able to find some other free money out there. Doesn't hurt to look. No, it's all good. Main Street Project, we wanted to touch on this. Even though it's a YDOT project, there is uh, some public meetings coming up that you wanted to touch on. Make sure people were aware of that. Yeah, this is, a, this is, a, this is going to be a good thing, but there's going to be a little bit of... Uh, you know, effect on on normal behavior on Main Street. Uh, YDOT is is hosting two public meetings, and and uh, they're going to be over at the ERA Carroll Realty Building on their second floor conference room on June 14th, so next week, uh, and June 15th, next Tuesday and Wednesday. They're going to have public meetings. Uh, the one on Tuesday is going to be a morning meeting, nine to ten, and the one on Wednesday will be an afternoon one, four to five p.m. And so if people can uh, be there, I think that if they've got concerns or questions, uh, this will help out. 
really it the Y dots piece of this is to resurface it. It hasn't been resurfaced since I think seventy three, and we've got old photos wow. with uh, Exxon stations down there uh, when it was you know way back when uh, over fifty years ago, and um, and so it's it's high time to resurface that one and give it. And so since the patient's open. Um, we're going to take advantage of that and uh, and retool some of the plumbing down there. Uh, our intention is to put uh, water mains on both sides, parallel water mains on both sides of the of the street, so that the businesses on either side have an easier access to water. It, it was typically was in the very middle there, and uh, and so if somebody wanted to access water in order to do fire suppression or something like that they are having to really disrupt traffic because they've got to cut into the whole street there. And so this is going to make it a lot easier for them. And plus, while it's open, they could do it right then and there. And uh, and that's going to make a lot more opportunities for some of our businesses on Main Street to be able to utilize more effectively a meet fire code for meeting that, uh, you know, upgrading their second floor uh, facilities for that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like when you when you get these resurfacing projects, isn't there a moratorium on cutting into the street surface for X number of months or years before they allow that even? Uh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think I've got the answer on that one. Um, I thought that that I'd heard that at some point with subdivisions or something. I didn't know if it was the same thing, but anyway, I'm not aware of that. I I think that it, but it certainly is a disruption and it's a very expensive proposition for a business to cut halfway into the street and, and all the things right there on the side that you're exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the project itself because we, we talked a little bit about this before we went on the air and it's, it's not going to be, Hey, we're going to shut down main street for six months and, and get everything done. Tell me how this is going to work. Well, again, it's a YDOT project. It's it's their it's their baby, so we don't have total control on this thing. Sure. But uh, but we're we are encouraging them, and again, they're great partners. They work well with us, and and we enjoy working with YDOT here, especially our local folks. They're very responsive. Um, but they uh, they are we're we're advocating, and I think that they're going to do it this way: a kind of a rolling three blocks at a time. The total project involves eight blocks. Um, from Dow to to uh, um, caffeine, ah, <laughs> and okay. and uh, and so uh, they'll do three blocks, three blocks, and then two blocks at the end, and uh, and so at any given time, traffic will you know still be able to park up to uh, a block away from at the most on one side or the other from a business, and so it should not have too much effect. And the other side streets will still be open for crossing. Um, one option would be it would be faster for them to do it, to do the whole street at once, open the whole patient up, uh, but it would block all those crossings and it would have an effect. So what they're going to try to do, I, I believe, is is to is to open it up, finish it off, close it up, and and just keep going down that way. And so I think that that should be a uh, it should be it's going to take a little longer, but it's going to be better for businesses, and we don't want to we don't want to harm businesses. Right, it'll be less detrimental to downtown right. in general. So, gotcha. So that's going to get underway next year, right? Twenty twenty three. So that's something. That, and so, if people have questions, whether it's a business or just the general public, these meetings they can get their their answers there. Right. Right. Okay. Parks department. Let's move on. To yeah. That. So that's a that's a new uh, new thing that we. 
I, I talked with counsel, and, and this has been something I've been thinking about uh, since I've been here. On Sunday, I was telling you early, on Sunday will be my uh, two-year anniversary with the city, and, and uh, it's gone by very quickly. Um, and, and you know, if, if I'm successful and, and, and everybody likes what I do, then hopefully I'll be here another number of years before I finally retire here because we're not going anywhere. My wife and I are here to stay. As you know, she was here on Monday, actually, for the hub. So yeah, you told me you that. got a twofer this week. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, McCray show. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, the uh, the parks department, as I've looked at it, uh, I've it's really high time for that to come up to a department level. It's it's not going to involve any growth in the department to do that. Um, it's it's just really appropriate. I've looked at, uh, you know, we looked at uh, the difference of where they were in 2010 to where they are today, and um, it's incredible. They've got 45% growth on neighbor community neighborhood parks, um, almost, you know, uh, a 1,000% increase on dog parks. Uh, they've got uh, natural area parks have increased uh, – Total pathways has uh, has increased by eighty eight percent. It's it's just a continual growth, uh, huge uh, responsibility that they have. the uh, The current division chief Steve Gage is a great administrator, uh, and and he's got four different element, five different elements under him. He's got weed and pest, the uh, city forestry, the cemetery parks itself, and then the golf course, which uh, has been getting rave reviews on the stuff over the last two years since we redid the contract and since uh, Ryan Wagner's taken it over up there. is just packed all the time. And so he's got all these responsibilities. I think it's just time to bring it up to the next level. It's not going to really involve anything other than just uh, who he reports to so that it's got a little bit more agility in, in how we deal with things. Gotcha. Okay. Well, let's uh, take another break right there. We've got a few more things to cover. I think we should be able to get through all these. Yeah. So that shouldn't be a problem. We'll go ahead and take a break right there. We'll be back. Joining me this morning, Stu McRae, who is the city administrator with the city of Sheridan. We'll be back right after these messages. This is Eric Jacobson, partner at Eliason Financial. I think we can all agree that living and working in Sheridan, Wyoming is an absolute privilege. At Eliason Financial, we support our community through volunteerism, philanthropy, and making a positive economic impact. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., Member FINRA, SIPC. Hi, this is Chance Harris. And I'm Laura Wichick. Did you know Harker Mellinger provides services to help you with your payroll and accounting problems or business concerns? Schedule an appointment today to discuss how our professional staff can find the solutions that work best for you. Harker Mellinger has been providing quality service for Sheridan area businesses for over 37 years. Remember, you get our exclusive fixed fee, one monthly fee, unlimited phone calls and meetings. Call Harker Mellinger today, 672-0785. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. 
Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Dr. Colin Hardy and his team at Atlas Chiropractic are here to help. When your spine is out of alignment or subluxated, the nervous system can't function properly. Spinal misalignments can lead not only to headaches and back pain, but also sleeplessness, chronic tiredness, decreased immunity, and general malaise. Don't wait. Call Atlas Chiropractic today for a free examination and consultation with Dr. Hardy. It's time to spring into a healthier you at Atlas Chiropractic, Sheridan's premier wellness center. Call 672-6000 to schedule your appointment. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. If you've been thinking about building your dream home, Vista West is the place to be. Hi, it's Jack and Kathleen Wood from Best Real Estate. You're right, Jack. With five to seven plus acre lots starting at around 250000 Vista West is just what you're looking for with less than three miles from downtown Sheridan. You heard her, folks. I'm right. Wait, what? Building your luxury dream home with natural landscaping and views of the Bighorns, Vista West is Sheridan, Wyoming's premier executive building site. Call Jack and Kathleen Wood at 307-763-1249. It's time to live your life the best at Vista West. And I was right. Brokered by EXP. Good morning. Public Pulse on 930 AM, 103.9 FM, KROE. Aaron Palmer in for Floyd Whiting this week. And joining me is Stu McRae, who is the city administrator with the city of Sheridan. We've touched on a number of subjects, uh, fire department issues, uh, East 5th Street beautification project, and community development block grants, which you're going to reapply for, and Main Street Project, Parks Department, and now we're going to move on to North Heights Water Main Replacement Project. So I will let you tell us more about that. This is a good thing. You know, we we have a plan throughout the city of revitalizing every, you know, we've got some places in the city, we've got 100-year-old pipes we do revitalize them. We've got some neat technologies that are available. In some cases, uh, for some like a sewer lines and stuff, we are we are putting in uh, these interior tubes, and then they expand to reline those things uh, and and uh, and reseal them so that they got an, another you know x number of years uh, lifespan added to them. And it's it's a lot of cost savings there. In this case, we're actually going to be uh, again, opening up streets and uh, and putting brand new pipe in there. It's appropriate for this. We're going to do it up in the North Heights, uh, um, and um, we did a bid opening on on June 7th, and uh, we received two bids. Uh, one of which was was below what our engineer's estimate was. Our engineer's estimate what it determines what we budget, um, and so we are below our budget. So that's a good thing. And and so this is moving forward. It was going to move forward regardless, but uh, but it might have had to find some other money, and it would have affected something else maybe. But uh, but we're going to replace the uh, ductile uh, iron water main line uh, as part of phase one. This is going to include over 1,200, almost 1,300 uh, linear feet of 8-inch PVC main line. So we're replacing 
uh, iron with plastic, that heavy plastic stuff, which is ha- has a lot more lifespan to it. Uh, it doesn't rot like uh, like iron can. And then it's going to have uh, additional uh, 1,600 uh, linear feet of 12-inch pipe and then uh, 47 different service connections going into neighborhoods and so forth. Um, and uh, and so uh, there will be temporary water uh, will be supplied to the residents at all times so that uh, as well as traffic controls in order to ensure that we got safe travel throughout this progress. Uh, but it's going to be good for those neighbors up there. And then and then we'll be looking uh, in the future at, you know, strategically at other neighborhoods. As as all cities have to do. You can't Correct. do it all at once. So you got to get this neighborhood, go to the next one, the next year. Yeah, these aren't cheap, so no. um, you have to you have to break them up into how you can afford to do them. Sure. And then you get water main breaks periodically throughout the year, which, of course, causes problems. Right. And, right. So uh, one of the things you brought up that you're going to supply water to those residents, how do you do that? With a water No, I, it'll, it'll, it'll still have water going oh, to I them, is what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. they'll still have water throughout this process. They'll, so it's not going to be completely shut off for that. No, they'll keep the, the, okay. the probably at, at the end of it. I don't know if they're going to pull this other stuff out. I, I, I'm not the expert on, right. on the uh, the contract itself, but what they'll probably do is lay they'll they'll lay the one pipe. They'll get ready to, to make it active, and then they'll then they'll either take out the other one or just maybe they leave it in place. I don't know. I, I imagine that they pull it out and dispose of it, so you haven't got a bunch of junk in the ground. Um, <laughs> and then they'll just quote unquote. Flip the switch and then exactly, and then be on. exactly. Gotcha. So okay, yeah, it should be a, it should be a you know, tra- they shouldn't have any effect on on people who live there. Very good. Okay, so that's coming up. When will that begin? Uh, they start that uh, this summer, I believe. Okay, maybe it's this fall. I can't remember. And that's a one year project. I'll have it done, or will be two years. I think it's a one year project. Okay, so people need to be aware of that. Patriot Park and Patriot Park Pathway. Yeah, so um, this is really the the last Monday the council voted to um, just in support of this. This is on land that uh, is owned by Whitney Benefits, um, and they they just wanted to partner with the city as far as have us you know make sure that we supported it. And and I couldn't support this more as a as a retired soldier. I know Gold Star families, and, uh, you know, if anybody doesn't know what Gold Star families are, if you, if you ever drive down Bighorn Avenue, um, you'll see a house that has a Blue Star uh, flag flying outside of it. I suspect that's because they have a, uh, a, you know, a son or daughter that's serving in the military somewhere else uh, who's from here, and Blue Star represents deployment. Um Gold Star represents somebody who's given the ultimate uh, sacrifice for their country, and they've and they've died in the line of duty. And so, you know, we celebrate and not celebrate is maybe not the right term, but we we commemorate honor right. honor mm-hmm. our Gold Star families. Uh, and so, what Whitney's doing with this thing is just fantastic. They're going to put a nice memorial in there. It's it's right over by the YMCA. Uh, there's a little pocket park right over there. Uh, 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 I want to say east of uh, of uh, Kendrick Park and and west of Whitney Commons, right on that across that street, right by that neighborhood. There's a little pocket area, and there's a little piece of pathway that goes up towards the uh, towards uh, the bridge that takes you into Kendrick Park, and uh, and they're going to put a little facility in there, just uh, just a just a memorial that honors. Uh, uh, our gold star families, and so it's really a nice touch, and it's going to be a nice thing. So they want to they 
we've uh, we have uh, agreed that they can honor that, uh, call that uh, Patriot Park and Patriot Park Pathway that little that little segment of the pathway. So it's going to be a really nice thing. I don't have the timeline of when they intend to do it, but I think that they are going to. Of course, Whitney Benefits is is very agile, and and, and they're going to do it probably sooner than later. So okay. It says here only one Gold Star Monument is allowed per state. That is correct. So Sheridan's got it. And that's the only one that will be yeah. in the state of Wyoming. Unless they change the rules, right. um, which they could do. I, I'm i an advocate of, of doing them wherever you can because I think that it's important to honor our Gold Star family. So if we could do it in every city and every town in Wyoming, I think that would not be inappropriate. But right now, only one uh, monument, and, and so we – you know, Whitney was first to the first to the trough and, and, and got it in there. So hats off to them for being that advanced thinking. Very good. Now, obviously, if this is a gold star monument in ty- and meant for the entire state, the families themselves are not going to have the, the names of the deceased in there, correct? No, no. It'll just be a, a like a, I don't want to say generic, but just a, an overall gold star to represent correct. everybody. Correct. And it just reminds us when you when you see that that there are people that, that you know that have given the ultimate sacrifice and it reminds us what what the meaning of these symbols are mm-hmm. when you see a gold star on a license plate or on a flag or something like this we know what that cost has been to that family well we do now right or should right okay. very good so that that's something that'll be coming up and being uh, uh constructed soon Concrete flood control structure. We've got time to go through that real quick. So, uh, yeah, I think that was touched on a, a, about a month or a month and a half ago with uh, with our public works director. But uh, the general investigation is beginning in July. Um, that's a really is a three year process, but it's uh, that's going to result in a plan. So the Corps of Engineers is putting that together. They'll have a alter- alternative milestone meeting that. Uh, that will show, you know, alternatives uh, and discuss how we want to do this, or and the public will be involved in that. I'm certain um, it will. We will come up with a report, uh, tentative report, within a year, and then we'll hone that in before they finalize it. When that completes, then it's available to start the project itself. You know, so it's not. You know, we're not going to see in this year, or really for three years, we're not going to see any activity really taking place in digging concrete or anything like that out but uh but we're going to probably see that right after that or starting you know that we'll see activity with that when it comes to the cost share for that the uh the federal government the army corps of engineers uh who's responsible for all these inland waterways will bear 65 percent of the cost and uh and we'll have 35 percent which we will use uh, grants and other things to help pay for that and this is designed for which creek? This is uh, the Little Goose, uh, right up to where Little Goose and Big Goose meet up um, in the in that uh, over by uh, just over by Dow Street, okay. where you have the concrete shoots. Um, it's going to make it more natural in in effect and have a more natural flow. Right now, the concrete shoots, and I think a lot of people are aware of this. Uh, at a certain point. The water's low on there. Fish just don't go past it. It's just too hot for trout and so forth. And so this is going to enable throughout the year for fish to go up and downstream the, the whole way. And that's going to be good for uh, for 
all of the, uh, you know, fishing and everything. Well, the ecosystem in right. general. And right. this seems to be um, – Buffalo did this as well. They took out a, a structure down there. And it seems to be this is what uh, a lot of cities and towns are going to, is looking at these structures that have been designed, you know, 100 years ago, whatever. And they're wanting to change these to uh, benefit the ecosystem of the entire river, creek, whatever. Right. So that's one of the things that Sheridan is doing for this. Yeah, okay. we'll all benefit from it as well. Fishing will get better, obviously, and then it'll help with, with right. uh, flooding as well. Um, transparency. Yeah, so Aaron, I, I... You wanted to touch on that. Yeah, I just before we close today, I just really want to talk about... There's two things that I've that I've told my staff that we're committed to. One is stewardship, and two is transparency. And and in transparency, uh, right now for the last year and a half, uh, I've been doing a weekly update. Uh, and some of them we we call them War and Peace, and some of them aren't quite as long. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that the sea does. The stuff like what we're talking about, I share with the with the council every week. And uh, and so we're going to change that process to create a bi-monthly report that we can then share with the uh, we can put it on on the uh, website as an archive so that the public will have more access to information uh, and we'll be able to see the stuff that we're sharing with the council. I think it's going to increase our transparency as we go forward. That's a great idea. We because we go to certain meetings whether it's county, city, or whatever, and there's a lot of that information behind the scenes that the public doesn't get you right know, just we're not aware of it so this is who did you come up with this idea well i mean i work with my staff and and you know this these are goals that i've had to create you know you know i guess you know i tell people my my first name is Stuart. there's meaning to names it Stuart is gaelic for good steward and i want to be a good steward <laughs> and so you know that's something that's very important to me um and being transparent is something that i think is important I, I, as the city we're working very hard to be more efficient, be more customer service based. Um, we're going through a whole process. I could talk about that for an ad infinitum, but I won't do it today. But we're going through a whole process to uh, increase uh, and look at who our customers are and how we how we support them. So, yeah, this is uh, this is something coming out of all that. Very good. So that'll be coming soon. Yes. Okay. City Administrator for the City of Sheridan, Stu McRae, thank you for joining me this morning and updating us on all things going on in the city. And that'll do it for Public Pulse today. Thanks for joining. partner at Eliason Financial. I think we can all agree that living and working in Sheridan, Wyoming is an absolute privilege. At Eliason Financial, we support our community through volunteerism, philanthropy, and making a positive economic impact. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., 
Member FINRA, SIPC. Hi, this is Dan Marshall with Captain Clean, and I'm proud to be a part of Wyoming's premier cleaning company. Whether we are extracting flood water from your home, cleaning a valued oriental rug, or helping you breathe healthier by air washing your ductwork, we are committed to ensuring our service is the best and our prices fit your budget. Call Captain Clean today, 672-0726, or stop by any time and tour our rug cleaning facility located in the heart of downtown Sheridan. We clean more for you. Nothing makes summer any better than getting great deals on the things that you love to do, like eating out, playing golf, and treating yourself to beauty treatments. The summer auction is underway right now at SheridanMedia.com. Half off $50 gift cards to the Pony Bar and Grill. Nine holes of golf for four people with the cart. Starting bid is just $120. Juvederm treatment from Solitude Day Spa. A $400 bid for an $800 treatment. The summer auction at SheridanMedia.com. Bid by June 15th. I'm with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda. Tommy, hi. Today I wanted to talk about your vehicle's maintenance because it's crucial to maximizing gas miles. Oh, that's so important. It really is, and that's why Sheridan Honda is now offering pickup and delivery service. We'll come get your vehicle and drop it back off right for you. Oh, that's so convenient. It totally is, and we also have a trailer for your power sports that needs service. So get your car, truck, ATV, side-by-side, motorcycle, snowmobile, whatever, service with Sheridan Honda's pickup and delivery service. Schedule today at SheridanHonda.com. When you see someone sipping on a crisp, refreshing drink from McDonald's, you may suddenly crave one, too. (laughs) And that's normal. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now at McDonald's, try one of our icy cold slushies. Enjoy deliciously refreshing flavors like the new tropical mango or strawberry watermelon and pair it with our world-famous fries. Price and participation may vary. Checks continue to be the subject of more fraud than any other form of payment. First Federal Bank and Trust will help you stay one step ahead with Positive Pay for Business. Our Positive Pay service detects fraudulent checks early and prevents them from being paid. We believe in avoiding the hassle of check fraud investigations so you can focus on the best parts of your business. Contact Kim Wells, First Federal's cash management officer, to get started with Positive Pay today. First Federal Bank and Trust, your partner in success. Member FDIC. From Jill Bates in the Best Team Studio, brokered by EXP. News Talk 930. K R O E. Share it. 